Hello everybody, I am Lucia Matuonto and welcome to the Relatable Voice podcast, a talk show where my guests and I talk about relatable everyday situations, books, and the environment we live in. Remember to subscribe and follow the podcast on social media so you can be notified when a new episode is available. Let's begin. Today, we are heading to New Jersey to chat with Laura Engelhardt. Laura is a former lawyer who has found her passion as a writer. In this episode, we dive into Laura's recently released fantasy series titled The Fifth Mage War and uncover the captivating world she has created. So, my dear Laura, welcome to the RV. Oh, thanks so much, Lucia. I'm so excited to take a ride with you. Yes, I couldn't wait to talk to you. I was reading about you. I was checking your website and everything looks so interesting and As an avid traveler with expertise in managing handbags during air travel, (laughs) we we would love to hear a personal story from you. I know you have a good one. A good story about handbags? Yes. Can you share a time (laughs) when you chose not to hit your mother's travel packing advice? Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, my mother, I will tell you about my mother told me when you get on an airplane, always have a change of clothes and a bathing suit just in case you get stranded at the airport. And I religiously followed this advice all the way until we were coming back from Sao Paulo. And I had a a carry on that I had packed with all my kids, a change of clothes for all the kids. Everything was there together. But we had a ton of of suitcases because we were coming back from a summer in Brazil. And my husband was talking to the agent and I don't speak Portuguese. And he was going back and forth. And I was trying to keep the kids from like running amok in the airport security line. And um, all of a sudden he said, give me your carry-ons. I was like, wait, no, no, I want to take this one. And he took the wheeled carry-on in which I had put all of the changes of clothes for the for for everybody. He's like, no, 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 we're gonna check it. We're gonna check it. We're, we got to run through the airport. We're gonna check everything. I was like, no, 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 no. Wait, wait, wait. Let me switch some stuff around. Anyway, we we fly through Miami. Of course, this is the one and only time the fl- we missed our flight, and so we were stranded in Miami at like one a.m. Uh, with no flight out until the next day. And I, you know, and I'm 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 sitting there one one store was still open we bought everybody miami t-shirts but that was the that was the 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 night i taught the kids inside outside is two days wear and and, uh but uh so always always pack a change of clothes and a bathing suit in your carry-on because uh then you always have something to do if you're stranded for a day something similar happened to me because I can't travel without my handbag because it holds my essential medications, books, and a few clothes like you. And I remember a particular incident when I was boarding a flight and I encountered a problem finding space for my handbag. It was an international flight. I couldn't imagine traveling without my necessary items. So I suggested that I could fit 
everything into a plastic bag and keep it with me. But unfortunately, hmm, the staff didn't accept my solution. You know what happened? I ended up missing that flight because, yes, they asked me to disembark. In my opinion, they could have just found a plastic bag and I could, you know, fit everything inside there. It was truly unbelievable and quite a hassle to deal with. No, and you've got you. I I don't blame you one bit. I would have gotten off that plane, too. I mean, what you're going to check your luggage or your wallet. I mean, like, what about your passport? Where are you supposed to put that? You know, I I don't know. They don't make women's pockets. uh, pants with pockets often you know so it seems a little insane but insane you this is the the word insane and Laura you have a very interesting journey I was really fascinated by the many things you've been doing you lived in many different countries so can you share with us a little bit about your journey Sure. So I uh, grew up in New Jersey, and then I went to school for college in a very small rural town in upstate New York. Um, And I studied German and theater there. And so after I graduated, I was writing plays, um, and I decided I needed to improve my German. So I moved to Hamburg for a year where I taught English to executives on what I called my sin patrol, because I wound up teaching adults uh, who worked in a variety of the cigarette industry and the alcohol industry. So I felt like I was going from one uh, from one uh, sin to another, uh, teaching these executives English. Um, and it was such a great experience because when you live in another country, in another culture, you really get to see things through a different uh, perspective. And you know, I, I do think that when you move out of your comfort zone and you encounter people who've grown up so differently from how you have grown up, you see your own world a little bit a little bit different. You see it from another perspective and you see their world from a different perspective. And you really have to move to a place to get that sensibility. Because when you're just a tourist, you know, you're there to take in the sights and get a sense of history and sort of a patina of culture, but you don't really get to know the people. You don't have a chance really for them to ask questions of you, for you to see their supermarkets and see how they arrange things, what kind of, you know, things are in the front aisles, you know, it's just a different an experience. And I totally recommend all travel because traveling is so much fun. But uh, really living in another country, you really get just a different vibe. And it's wonderful. I think that's one reason why I love to write fantasy, because I get to create different cultures and different histories and different worlds. And if if you had never sort of experienced a different world for yourself, it, it makes it a little harder, I think, to imagine something other than how you've always known things. Yeah, absolutely. And I lived in Germany as well. So where in Germany did you live, Lucia? When was this? I lived in Germany. I moved there in 2014 and I stayed till 2017. I lived in Nuremberg and I went there because of my husband's work. He works with wind power turbines, and we had the chance to live there. It was great because I felt as if I was a kid learning how to speak 
I was like a baby. I didn't know any word when I arrived. They are not even guten tag, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> when I started understanding something, I was so, so happy. Did you learn how to speak German? I studied it in high school. And then uh, I really learned it, though, when I when I traveled there. And, you know, you 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 can't underestimate the the immersion experience in learning a language. Um, you know, it's it's just the words they come, they come faster when you're when you're watching TV in a different language, when everyone around you and you're just hearing it. I mean, even when we're old, I mean, you know, you take a kid, just like you said, like a, you take a toddler and you put them in this environment and they're going to soak up that language like a sponge. But I feel like learning a new language, even as an adult, it, that's what makes our brains young. It keeps us young. It keeps our brains growing and learning new things and making different connections. I started learning Spanish a couple years ago, my husband is Colombian and all of his family speaks Spanish. And when we got engaged about the only thing I understood was when his, his aunts came up, oh, que linda, que linda. And I had no idea what they were saying. I was like, I hope it's good. You know, <laughs> I was like, oh, OK, she's pretty. OK, I like that. <laughs> but uh, eventually, when we went to visit everybody, I needed to learn the language. And um yeah, it's 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 hard, but it's fun and it's it's a it's a great experience and it I feel like language helps create a culture in some ways. Totally. When when I lived there, I started understanding their culture much better because of the language, the rules, the verbs. Sometimes they get separated and. <laughs> That's why I, I know it's crazy. Mad. And they Latinized it. I thought it was so weird why German has these different grammatical structures or why. But I feel like, you know, learning a language, you understand sort of every language has its unique power. I mean, for me, I always think English has its power in all of the synonyms. We have so many different words that mean slightly the same thing. There are just so many things. But if you ask someone in in who's learning English, the power and complexity of English is not necessarily in all the synonyms. It's in all our expressions that people find so challenging to learn. We have so many different idioms. But when you look at Spanish and you have two different words for, for to be, um, and all of the grammar that comes around that and how that's structured, or in German, I feel like it's all of the compound words that they have in German that just compactly create sort of a, a different sense of a concept when you make it one word as opposed to like six, like you might in <laughs> another language. But every language has its power. And I feel like that's reflected in the people that grow up in that language. Yeah. Um, Laura, as a retired lawyer with a diverse range of experience, including teaching, dancing, and working bankruptcy law. How have these different roles and challenges shaped your perspective on life and influenced your writing? Well, bankruptcy law, I think, is a foundational element because in order to succeed, you have to be willing to fail. And I believe that if you if you don't allow people the chance and the room to fail, you don't make any chance or room for success. And so seeing the different people involved in a bankruptcy um, and seeing how people can recover, I think a lot of times 
especially when you're younger, you 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 look at a mistake or you look at a challenge and you shy away from that because it feels so momentous and there's this this fear that what happens if you fail so i think going through the process of seeing how you can resurrect yourself after failure is one of the 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 traits of resiliency i think um that has helped me throughout my the rest of my life you know in just you know taking those chances and those risks and recognizing that uh there are very few things that you can do that you can't come back from mm-hmm. you everybody makes mistakes and it's the recovery from mistakes that really builds character and makes us the people we are and it's the willingness to take a risk and to risk failing you know that uh helps us succeed wow wonderful i love this so laura your fantasy series the fifth mate war is published what prompted you to set your story in the modern world because i see that there are serians which are not from this world but you put them in places like boston from boston to brazil atlantis to greece so can you tell us a little bit about this series sure So I I got into writing because I wanted to read a type of book that I couldn't find. And so after complaining for so long, I just finally decided I have to write this. I have to try. And I wrote the kind of book I wanted to read, which was a book that didn't feature main characters that were in their teens. You know, so many fantasy novels feature someone who's um, you know, 15 years old to I'd say 25. There are very few fantasy novels that feature older main characters. Um and those that do tend to be more you know dark, you know the grim dark kind of variant and you know while I don't I I like gritty stories. I I don't like a lot of violence. <laughs> uh, you know the world's a tough enough place and I I don't want to read about a lot of uh graphic scenes of 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 harm. So I wanted to write a book with complexity and with challenges involving older people um and I hit upon the idea of setting it in the modern world because most of my readers read on ebook and you know when you get an epic fantasy that's set in this made up world oftentimes when you have a novel you want to follow along where the characters go and you get these tiny itsy bitsy little maps that i find very hard to read in um on my kindle and so i just said you know what i'm going to make it easy for my readers i have so much complexity in the book and in the culture i'm going to give them a map which is the map they all know we have our modern earth so people can follow around when my characters go from boston to Africa to the Congo to England to Australia you kind of know how long it takes where you're going and you know okay they're flying carpets well that's fun you know <laughs> they swim through the ocean you know they're sirens and so they are propelled through the ocean at uh you know at 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 great speeds but you know kind of the distance that it takes to get from Boston to um to England you know and so that that's one of the reasons why I said it in the modern world and I also you know didn't want to fall into 
you know, there, with epic fantasy, I love epic fantasy and I love the complexity and the challenge of it. But I, I wanted to give people, you know, some familiar settings, um, mm. especially since I was creating um, characters who involve, you know, engage with technology. You know, magic sits alongside, you know, computers. It's not a world where everything exists as we imagine it might have been in 1300, you know. So, you know, there are guns, but there are also, you know, mages casting spells or sirens, you know, using their magic and fairies and all sorts of uh, magical creatures, you know. Your book seems to have a little bit of everything. <laughs> it's like <laughs> science, dash of magic, hint of politics as well. I believe it has a touch of romance. It does. I, I did it. I would not bill it as romantic fantasy because I feel like that's where you really feature, um, uh, you know, uh, uh, a pairing off of people. But there's definitely elements of romance. And I wanted it all to be surprising and to 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 twist the tropes, if you will. You know, so, you know, I, I, I read a lot, too, and I wanted to create characters that didn't follow the traditional patterns but where the traditional patterns were recognizable. So mm -hmm. I, I joke one of, you know, I don't think it's visible necessarily to readers who are just picking up the book, but I I created a, a love affair where, in my mind at least, the classic female romantic heroines elements were in my male lead. And the female lead really takes on the classic alpha male roles and characteristics by swapping those gender roles, I feel like it made that romantic storyline read more fresh. Um, and it was more fun to write and to see, well, how does this change things? Because I think we forget how our own culture changes our perspective when we read things and when we interpret it. What message or messages do you hope readers will take away from for example, the intertwining journeys of Cordelia. Cordelia is a siren. Yes? She's a siren, yes. Thomas, Amy, and Mary in your book. What I hope with this series that I accomplish is my, my, I've put my, I torture my characters. <laughs> I put them in impossible situations. You know, they have to make choices that are hard choices. I mean, difficult choices, like what I find realistic choices. So I've created these people that inhabit a world and they're confronted with challenges and the challenge forces them to make decisions. And it's whether they choose the expedient path or not that makes them heroic or villainous because I there it's not one of these black and white uh, dramas. What you get is a situation where if you choose... The higher path, which is you don't sacrifice your moral compass in order to achieve a greatly desired and necessary end result. In my mind, that makes you heroic. Um, and so that's that's kind of the um, message I want people to take away. It's it's sort of a very basic philosophy. The ends don't justify the means, you mm -hmm. know, versus the Machiavellian point of view, which is, you know, you do whatever it takes to win. Um, and so at the end of the day, the heroes are the ones who uh, don't choose to do whatever it takes to win. Oh, interesting. Hmm. 
another book that I need to read. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoyed it. It makes it sound so heavy, but it's really fun. You know, I've got fMRIs and I've got magic. I've got scientific discovery. And so it, it's more fun. It's not as heavy and dark as it all sounds. When you ask what I hope readers take away, you know, I, I have to have, you know, I don't, uh, I'd never want the, the, the philosophy and the moral perspective to be first and foremost, but, you know, a book should have a purpose and have a point of view um, to make it worth, you know, worth reading for the long haul, you know. I remember when I also when I was younger, I tried to read Franz Kafka. Oh. It was so difficult. Yes, I've never, I could never finish one of his books because I could not find them. <laughs> well, at least they were short, you know. Though I had to read them in German, so <laughs> it was very hard, you know. But, uh, you know, when you're young and you've got energy to to take on a challenging book, you know, but uh, I, I like books that sort of blend genre fiction with ideas and concepts and they create worlds that we just want to dive into and imagine for ourselves. Those are the fun books or the ones that create, ooh, what if I had this in my life? Who would I be? You know, those are the fun books, you know? Yeah, I see that you don't stop, Laura. You are unstoppable. Now you are publishing an anthology. Is that correct? After this? That's correct. It actually comes out uh, on June 21st. So um, it's, we'll see. <laughs> it was a fun project, you know. Uh-huh. And what's next for you? Well, I've got a trilogy that I've got to finish, um, you know, in order to keep myself, people ask about uh, what's your writing process um, and how do you, how do you avoid, um, how do you get things done? Uh, and for me, it's really, I, I don't allow myself the luxury of jumping from project to project. You do, I do one thing at a time. Um, and that, discipline is the only way I finish anything because I so much want to get to the next project. I'm like, oh, I have to finish this one. And trouble sets in as soon as I start doing multiple things at once. And so my poor trilogy has taken a backseat to uh, to this anthology. Um, but it's been such a fun project. It's, it's, it's fun working with other authors and reading different styles and working with um, young younger people too, because um, the editors... On this anthology, are, 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 you know, one is 22 years old. She's just starting out in her career. She has such a different perspective. And it's just, it's such a pleasure to see how she sees the world and, and what kind of stories appeal to her. So that's been, that's been really fun. Yeah, and sounds exciting. So what is the anthology title? The anthology is called Tumbled Tales, and it's... Uh, an anthology of unconventional genre fiction. The idea is, you know, a mashup between different styles of literature. And that's what I think makes reading fun is when you discover something unexpected. And so in this book, there are so many different stories um, that are just all different types. Uh, you've got westerns with dinosaurs. You've got uh, you've got mysteries with with ghosts on spaceships. You've got my own story that's in there is set in Rio de Janeiro with vampires and and indentured mages. So it's 
it's all sorts of excitement. You've got stories that are character driven. You've got stories that are idea driven. You've got stories that are plot driven. They're just a, a nice mix and a good balance. And I like anthologies because they're shorter. They're easier to read, especially when you're going out uh, on the beach during the summer. And sometimes you discover an author that you just love. And that's the exciting thing. The discovery of somebody whose style you enjoy, whose writing you like, um, that gives you an entry point. And I love finding new people to read. That's amazing. I love anthologies as well. And we have an anthology, The Relatable Voices, where I invited more 13 people to be part of it. And I I love reading short stories as well. Maybe you can participate next time. Oh, that would be fun. I can't wait. I have to look this anthology up. I didn't know you also had anthologies. I am so excited to look that up. And maybe I'll get it in time for Fourth of July weekend. So that would be good. <laughs> Wonderful. Sounds great. So, and Alora, would you like to leave a message for our audience today? Sure. You know, I think that the world is such a phenomenal place and there's so much doom and gloom that sets in because for some reason, negative stuff is so newsworthy. I think we've got to keep the positive going. And every time we kind of feel low, we just have to remember how far we've come and how much more there is to do. It's There's so much beauty in the world. I just hope people can go out and take a look at the sky and how lovely the clouds are one day or and just get that sense of joy. Because I feel like so much, so much of the time we hear a lot of negativity. And I think there's just, we have to create our own space for the positive. It's better to be positive and to enjoy because the world is so beautiful. So, Laura, thank you very much for this beautiful conversation. I hope you can come back soon with a new okay. trilogy. And for our listeners, I would like to tell you that Laura will be featured in the Relatable Voice magazine. So you will be able to read more about her, to see her book cover her socials actually can you share your socials with us now sure i i, I do post occasionally on facebook and instagram and i'm at at fifth mage war so it's the number five fifth mage war across instagram and facebook and you can always connect with me on my website uh you can shoot me an email through that my web address is is my name so it's it's just lauraenglehart.com sounds great and laura i'll be checking out your book today okay wonderful and thank come you back. and i don't know what to say you were so sweet <laughs> Thank you so much, Lucy. It's been so much fun. Thank you for taking me on this great ride. Of course, I love New Jersey. So just ring the bell and I'll be there. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe so you'll be notified when the next one is posted. Please rate this podcast and share it with your friends. Thank you for listening, and remember, relationships don't exist. Relating does. Until next time.